Hello, Sports Ethos World. That's a new intro. Uh, welcome to the Supermax Podcast. Jared uh, and Jared's Supermax. Uh, I am one of the titular Jareds, and uh, we are here to talk about salary cap fantasy basketball leagues. Uh, I'm coming to you live from the road in which uh, I am in a new place with a cat crying in an alleyway. Hopefully that will not interrupt things. Uh, I'm here with the other titular, Jared. What's up? Hey, I'm here in Atlanta. Um, just a sleeping dog next to me. Uh, no, no cats in the middle of an alley screaming. None of that. So on that front, it's pretty normal. Um, but yeah, just uh, Thanksgiving has wrapped up. We're heading into the uh, the rest of the holiday season, and uh, we uh, I feel like we have some gifts for people to uh, to unwrap potentially in their leagues uh, today. We sure do. Um, well, the first gift is, is a is a bit of wisdom and knowledge. Uh, never come to the city of Poughkeepsie. Is all I'll say because these alley cats are. Where, where exactly is that? Is that New Jersey? No, how dare you? I would never go to New Jersey. Are you okay, kidding right. me? Ugh. No, okay, all right, okay. No, it's a bit upstate New York. Uh, you take a train, you get there from Grand Central on the Metro North Line. But that, we're not here to talk about geography and the fact that never be caught dead in New Jersey. Are you kidding me? Ugh. The slaughterhouses in Secaucus are enough to... to Persuade me that New Jersey literally and figuratively stinks. Um, Somebody bought you a ticket to a Jets game. Have fun at the Jets game. You don't want to go? How am I getting game? there? I, I, I don't know. That's not the point. The point is they play their games technically in New Jersey. I know, but driving there is like the, the most ridiculous thing in the world. Like that's like the biggest roadblock other than like the financial drain that is to go out there and watch them lose most likely in the freezing cold. It, none of it seems like it's a, a, a worthy endeavor, but enough stalling. Uh, we're here to talk about the best waiver wire ads, um, potential game-changing, season-winning moves in your salary cap league, and I feel like this is the most important skill to have in a salary cap league. It's picking, off, picking up really cheap dudes and riding them throughout the season because a lot of these yeah. names are not going to be owned in most regular leagues, and Honestly, like if it's not a salary cap league, you would not be owning a lot of these guys. So, uh, how about we, uh, we we'll go off your list? We'll talk about some people that you have written down, and then we'll go to my list because my list is a little differently constructed. So, uh, all right, so, Jared Ross King, yeah, yeah so tell I us about some mine, some guys. What I did with mine was I looked at guys who are owned in fifty percent or less of leagues across ESPN. And currently have contracts that pay them less than $10 million a year. So that was what I went with. Also, I do want to mention a mutual friend of ours, VJ, threw in a couple of suggestions on this list. So uh, we'll get into a couple of those at the end. Um, also, quick sidebar, just so you know, the Jets won today. You keep trying to throw off the podcast with, with other sports, but people only want to hear about basketball. I just want um, you to know the Jets won. So did the you University just, of Michigan, but I didn't start with ooh, that. Ooh, yeah, they did. That was that was crazy. Anyway, back to basketball. So what I did, like Thank I you. said, uh, under 50% owned less than $10 million salary in the NBA. So here are some guys. 
And uh, we'll, we'll start with a guy who I think is going to be owned pretty quickly in more leagues, and that is Josh Giddy of the Oklahoma City uh, Thunder. Um, pulling up his contract right now because I don't have it in front of me. There it is. Did you almost yeah. butcher the name of the team? Like, did you stumble your way through Oklahoma City Thunder? Or no, were you just like did, stalling to like. I stalled it out so I could pull up this contract to make sure I had it right because I didn't remember it off the top of my head. Now I've got it in front of me. Now we're good. He makes $5.9 million as a rookie this season. He was the number six pick, correct? Um, for, the, uh, for the Oklahoma City Thunder. That does sound uh, correct. He's averaging 10.8 points, which isn't. Uh, uh, awe-inspiring, but he is coupling that with 7.3 rebounds, 5.7 assists, and a steal per game. Uh, when you look at him amongst uh, guards right now, he's ranked number 19 in ESPN standard scoring, uh, or at least in the scoring method we use, but he's going to be around that no matter what scoring method you're using. Um, Josh Giddy, a guy who is, if he's not owned right now, he's only owned in 48% of leagues, uh, you need to go get him. Yeah, he he was a a pickup in my other league. That's not salary, but um, since that's just like a strictly points league affair, all these younger guys, um, I kind of pick up mostly as an experiment to like see how they would do. To like sort of like because my salary cap team is so bad, I'm in second to last place this year. I, I want to live vicariously through this other league that lets me pick up uh, Josh Giddy off the waiver wire because like no one's looking to add him. And he's been awesome. He should be owned in way more leagues. Um, he might be Oklahoma City's second best player. And we might get uh, to some other players on that team a little later who are not as uh, highly owned. But yeah, uh, Giddy is like such a no-brainer. He should have been added like much earlier. I feel like the next few years, you're going to be able to like more freely draft these rookies and have them actually come out the gate contributing. And I know that like Jalen Suggs and Jalen Green uh, are not doing well. In fact, they're like possible drop candidates. I drop Jalen Green more yeah, times than not, more likely surprised. than not. Yeah, it's surprising. Surprised everyone. Yeah. But then he got hurt even after that. So, like, that was like, yeah, he's not worth nine million, but like Giddy, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's actually a few people who are owned in 30 to 40% of leagues. Who I feel like are kind of no brainer. Like, yeah, they're cheap enough. Like, they should have they should have been added or on a roster by now. And if they're not, then like you're doing it wrong. PJ Washington is back. Brandon Clark is finally playing. Lamarcus Aldridge is starting, and Jalen yeah. Brunson is like sixth man of the year material. So like those dudes are in thirty to forty percent of of leagues on ESPN. That's the platform we use. They should be added. Like just bar none. Like they Three are cheap enough. Just mentioned her on my list as well. Okay, yeah. Like they're like too good like to be mentioned on a podcast where we're looking at like 10, 15, 20% of like ownership kind of numbers and like even less. Like they're like an echelon above. Like they're like they were drafted in deeper regular league. Um and Josh well, Giddy has like outperformed them all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um I'm gonna go on to my next guy here is actually a guy you just mentioned. Um, he is number 12th in his position group in ESPN fantasy. Number 12. I mean, there are only 11 guys at the position better than him right now, fantasy wise. And that is LaMarcus Aldridge, who's on a veterans minimum. Like you just said, starting now for the Brooklyn Nets, Blake Griffin has been a disaster. Paul Millsap, a disaster, uh, of those like veteran big guys, they went out and got this off season or retained 
LaMarcus Aldridge is the one who's actually showing out. He's averaging 13.8 uh, points a game, 5.9 5 rebounds. Wow, words are difficult. And uh, a block uh, each game as well. It's funny. I tried to limit my bias looking at a lot of names because so many people have been picked up early and are not on my roster that you forget that they're not owned in a lot of leagues and are cheap. So like if it wasn't for me, like really trying to fiddle with the, the filters, I would have like missed guys like Bobby Portis or like LaMarcus Aldridge or someone we're going to bring up later, Jared Vanderbilt, like just because they're not on the waiver wire and I don't see them doesn't mean that like they're worth owning and picking up. LaMarcus Aldridge has been a sort of a revelation. Like yeah. you knew someone was going to be cheap and good on Brooklyn. Um, we might mention another guy who you owned and then got rid of. Um, I don't think you picked him up again, uh, Patty Mills. No, I did. But, Patty Mills, no. Okay. Uh, I mean, he's super hot and cold, but like LaMarcus Aldridge, as long as he can stay healthy, because uh, I don't want him to retire again. Like he's legit, dude. Like what a good backbone for that team to have. No, I, I, going on a tangent here, Patty Mills, we talked about him on a previous podcast and I actually cut him, uh, I think, during the podcast, right before the podcast, somewhere around when we actually recorded it. And uh, hours after I cut him, he had like a 30, like not 30 fantasy points, 30 actual points, hit like nine threes, like the same day I cut him. But he had hit like six threes over like a eight-game span and was just playing awful. So definitely a hot and cold game. But LaMarcus Aldridge has been consistent uh, since he has entered that starting lineup for for the Nets. And he's only, only playing 22 minutes a game right now. If that minute uh, usage can go up, then I think we're going to see higher productivity. It's it's great. It's great for him, especially after what he went through when he had uh, the heart issue, had to retire, and then was able to get everything um, back and uh, you know able to play. And now he's doing what he's doing. So two, two things on Aldridge, and then we'll move on. One, I don't know if his minutes are going to spike upwards. I mean, he's like an old man. I just don't know who on I'm that team is going to replace him. Claxton? I'm not saying spike. I'm not saying like go up to like 40 minutes played or some no, 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 crazy but... stuff like that. Uh, no, I, but I think, I think you can see him maybe go to 26, 27 minutes a game. Mm. Um, I, th I think he can enter that territory. It's not much more than he's doing now, but it's enough more where you're adding – a couple extra points, uh, an extra couple rebounds uh, per game. And those things, you know, add up over the course of a season. He's worth owning because of what he's doing now, not because of what he might do in the future. I mean, it's not like he's going to become an all-star. Right. Um, right. And the, the second thing is I wanted to ask, what position is he 11th in, power forward or center? So according to ESPN, he's 12th. 12th. There's 11 guys ahead of him. 12th oh, okay. in power forward. Really? Yeah. No, no, no. There's, there's no way. There's absolutely. I have to double check this because I, I, I literally cannot believe that he is in the top twelve best power forwards in the league. Hang on, I'm pulling this up to make sure because this is what this is what it told me. Oh, this is the guys who are available. I was like, I can't, I can't find him. Why is he not here at all? Oh, cool. Now my phone's decided to freeze. The bearer of all my info has decided to stop working. Okay, I'm looking at this list, and there's like 30 names above him in terms of like averages this season. Well, it says 12th right here. What, where is here? When you click on his name. Position ranking. Okay, let me click on his name. Oh, my God, it does say 12th. 
What? No. I can name twelve. I can name twelve. I can name fifteen better power forward. You kidding me? Maybe it's no. the power forward center combo. No, 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 no. See here, ESPN, stop trying to to throw us off. We're too smart for this. Here's some power forwards. You ready? Giannis, Anthony Davis, Durant, LeBron, Tatum, well, Sabonis. Okay, here we go. Porzingis. So here's what it is. Here's I just figured it out. It is that power forward, the guys who are listed as a power forward and center. He is 12. Anthony Davis, DeMontis Sabonis. What a useless Montrezl, stat that is. Miles, yeah, Miles Turner, Christian Wood, Wendell Carter, Bam Adebayo, Rashawn Holmes, uh, Jaron Jackson, Evan Mobley, and then LaMarcus Aldridge. But no one's fantasy rosters are constructed by the combo of positions. That's just a useful thing to flex people in and out. No one like has a PF slash C slot only. Maybe they do. Oh, maybe You're they probably do. right though. I don't know. All right, let, let's let's move on. Um, there are some other people on your list who are owned in uh, like more than a fourth or more than a third of the league. So let's get some of the bigger names out of the way because I knew on my list there were some who doubled on your list. Um, well, one guy who I want to bring up. Let me make sure he's not. I got the ownage the percentage. Yeah, because yeah, the way uh, I ranked my list, it was literally like 40%, 30%, 20%. Like, yeah, I kind of like went down so that we can get to like the really cheap dudes, like super late. Ah, I got you. Well, I got some, I got some cheap dudes. Don't worry. Um, Franz Wagner yep. is only owned in 22% of leagues. Um, according to ESPN's thing, he was like number 12. And uh, that seems to be only a guy amongst players who are only small forwards. Now that the system has completely thrown me off, but yeah, he's really still silly. playing. Yeah, it, it's it's extremely, extremely silly. But he was number eight overall pick. I think we've talked about him on a previous podcast. Um, he was number eight overall pick. You know, Jalen Suggs came in. He's supposed to be the guy who, like, was the revelation as a rookie. That has not happened. Um, Franz Wagner is averaging 12.7 points, 4.3 rebounds, 2.3 assists, and a steal per game. Um, he had a rough couple of games against Milwaukee on the 20th and 22nd of this month. Uh, where he literally for two games, this is these are his totals: three points, four rebounds, three assists over a two-game stretch. Um, but he's played very well outside of that little stretch. Uh, he's a guy, twenty-two point three percent rostered. Um, I think you you kind of have to have to go after him if he's available. As a Franz Wagner owner in the salary cap league, he's been a revelation. Like I am consistently floored at how consistent. He is like almost every night I can look at a box score and look at his stats and he's genuinely putting in like four assists. He's getting like mm-hmm. seven to eight rebounds and he's scoring more than 10 points. Um, I didn't think he would end up being the best rookie on my team because I had a lot of stock invested in Jalen Green, a lot of stock invested in Shen Goon. A lot of he's, stock. You had all of your stock in Shen Goon. Uh, I, I have been flabbergasted that I was able to pick him up and like ride him, and he's been awesome. Um, I generally don't know what makes that Orlando Magic team tick because you figure they're really trying to like center the team around Suggs, but it is just yeah. not clicking. Um, and I haven't seen no, enough Magic funny. games to know like what is going on, but what is going on? I mean, right now when he's healthy, Cole Anthony currently out. 
Cole Anthony's been the guy who's driving the driving the uh, entire force of the Magic. He's been averaging 19.6 points, 6.8 rebounds, 5.9 assists, and a steal a game. Uh, he is currently out with an ankle injury. He's been out for about a week. Um, they're hoping to have him back by the end of this current week. But he's been playing really well. Uh, Wendell Carter's been playing really well, if you have him in a, in a fantasy league. Mo Bamba's been a roller coaster. There are games where you're like, oh, this guy was the sixth overall pick. And there, and there are games where you're like, oh, yeah, this guy's Mo Bamba. Um, so, you know, coming into this season, it really seemed like Jalen Suggs would be the guy for the team, especially with Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac still out. Um, but it's been, it's been a combination, I think, of, of Cole Anthony with uh, Wendell Carter and Franz, Franz Wagner. Why do I have a hard time saying that name? Because you hate uh, German people, that's why. That's, you that's hate us. True. That's not true. That's not true. Uh, with those three really kind of leading the way right now. Yeah, he uh, he's on my list uh, alongside uh, only two other names of people who are owned in more than 20% of ESPN leagues, uh, Desmond Bain and Lou Dort. I think we've discussed Bain a ton. He's one of the best mm-hmm. waiver wire pickups of the year. Unfortunately, him and Wagner are not enough to save my floundering ship, but if you were able to grab uh, either of those guys, and you know, it's funny. I was listening to, I think it was Chris Vernon, um, Memphis Grizzly expert. And he, before the season said, there's a lot of second and third year players who are supposed to be taking the leap. And he pegged Bain, who was going to start for Memphis and, and, you know, ascend. And I know with John Morant out, um, there's going to be a lot more opportunities. So like, I'm going to hold on to him and not trade him to you like I thought I was going to. But yeah, man, uh, Bane's been awesome. It? And then Lou Dort's is super cheap and super effective. Oh, yeah, for sure. Who was it you were wanting from me? Because I, I Bridges. Gonna, that's Oh, yeah, no, no, okay. That's why you're not getting him. Okay. I was trying to remember. I was like, why didn't I want Desmond Bain? Oh, yeah, Mikhail Bridges. Because you're stupid. No, I'm not stupid. Uh, Mikhail Bridges is staying with me. Thanks, though. Thanks for cool. checking in. Who was the guy you were going to mention on the podcast? And I said that you were stupid for doing so. Oh, Boogie Cousins. Boogie. See, no, th- no, hang on. We, you, 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 uh, you texted me about what this, uh, this episode was going to be about. And so I just like the DeMarcus Cousins going to Milwaukee news had just broke. And I said, oh, well, okay. Boogie Cousins. That's the guy. But, you know, he, and, and you're going to, you're going to laugh at me. I already know. He played pretty well in stretches for the Clippers last year. If he can do that again for the Bucks on a veteran's minimum, then maybe there's some value there down the road. He is not a guy you should go out and get right now, though. I don't think you should keep an eye out for him because I think there are just better people who are not owned in a lot of leagues. I think he's washed. I don't think he's going to contribute. Pick up Grayson Allen. I, I'm kind of spoiling you know, dudes who are owned in more than 10% of leagues. So at least they're double digits, but Grayson Allen is so much a better surprising, like Milwaukee Bucks savior. Um, Cause Dante DiVincenzo's out and they're banked up here and there. Like you should be picking up Grayson Allen and not picking up with cousins. That's fair. You should pick up Shangoon if you need a center, then Bookie cousins. Yeah. Yeah. There's a Shangoon plug. Um, who are some other guys on your list? Uh, a, a guy you mentioned very briefly earlier, Jander, Jared. Uh, the, maybe we could get him on the podcast and make him. Oh, that would be good. This. Ooh. Yeah. Even though, even though he added an R and kind of spells it wrong. Mm, uh, yeah, not great. Yeah, 
It's fun. neither is an but, O in in like Gerard. I no, 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 no. Jared Vanderbilt currently owned an eleven point five percent of leagues. Uh, let me pull up his last fifteen uh, uh, days because it's kind of crazy. I don't want to get the numbers wrong. Fifteen day stats. Here we go. Dude, He's the Wolves are five hundred. By the way, they're like in yeah. they're in the playoff so, hunt. It's it's kind of crazy. Uh, only it's six crazy. points. Only six point six points per game. But he's averaging 9.8 rebounds, 1.8 steals. He's averaging a block and one and a half assists a game. Uh, he's really come on strong. He's on a veteran's – or is it his rookie deal still? Or it's a minimum contract uh, regardless. So he's not making much money. Um, but just in our league scoring, I'm going to give you fancy numbers here just to kind of give people an idea of what he's done the last one, two, three, four, five, six games. 23.5 fantasy points, 24.5, 28.5, 32.16 uh, was a low point, and then 21.5 last night. He's had a really good six-game stretch. And, uh, I, you know, I had him on my team for a little bit last year. I, I kind of wish I had picked him up this year, but uh, he's already picked up in our league. But but he's available in 88.5% of leagues. So uh, I just looked. He spent two years in Denver and then – the last two years in Minnesota. So this would be his fifth year. So yeah, they're, they're paying him dirt cheap because basically the only real impact he ever made was last season. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that's quite like a rookie extension or something like that. Cause I think Denver probably traded it, but yeah, I see this is what happens when smart owners uh, pick up dudes who are hot and keep them on the team. And I miss it. And I, didn't know that they're doing well until like I look at like all players, you know, not just available ones. And you think, yeah. boy, how did I miss out on that? Um, he's one of those dudes. Well, I'm just like straight up jealous. I like didn't notice. Here's something I've started doing the last couple of years that I think is beneficial for uh, you know anybody who's in any sort of league trying to get ahead of uh, your competition in the league to get a player who's going on a hot streak. Um, when you go to pick up players, you can view their seven and fifteen day stats. And kind of see like who's doing really well. What have they done? What have you done for me lately? See who's heating up, um, and maybe get in there and get those guys before uh, anybody else does. So it's just a little tip that I've uh, started to utilize this season and last season. Uh, uh, another another quick tip that might not be great on ESPN is because now they're letting other owners know how many other teams are interested in a player, which I think is like criminal. Like to let people know that like one particular guy is like being looked at by another owner, even by name. Yeah. Like some of those notifications yeah. are absurd. Yeah. Um, but adding a lot of dudes to your watch list, even if they get picked up, not taking them off the watch list, because if they end up getting dropped, especially in a salary mm-hmm. cap league, because um, of the price or injuries, and you think like, oh yeah, someone dropped that guy. I could stash him on IR. Like just kind of keeping like, I know there's a maximum amount of people you can add to a watch list and, and adding people who are owned is a little... I guess silly on the surface, but like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, what if happens if like Nas Reed and Vanderbilt are like dropped, and then like a month from now, Carl Anthony Towns gets hurt, and then yeah. like you don't have them on the watch list? Like, yeah. No, that's a very that's a very good uh, very good point as well. Oh, thank you. Um, but yeah, my my guy right there, Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, I wish I picked him up before he got picked up in our league, but it is what it is. Um, if you're looking, if you're looking for, uh, you know, we talked about Patty Mills a, a moment earlier. He's very hot and he's very cold. 
Um, a guy playing for my Orlando Magic who has been very hot and then has been very cold, but is only making one point, uh, let's see, one, sorry, 2.3 million is uh, guard RJ Hampton. He's gotten some more minutes with Cole Anthony being out. And uh, it's definitely been a roller coaster. Um, he had 19 points, nine assists, five rebounds, and one steal against Milwaukee. Followed that up with 14 points, eight rebounds, five assists, two steals. And then just two nights ago, had six points and nothing else against Chicago. So it's very much a roller coaster. Um, but for that salary, he might be a guy that's worth having on your roster when he gives you games like he did against Milwaukee. I agree. Uh, there are a couple other rando guards on teams who are owned in like 10 to 15% of teams uh, oh. that we'll bring up later. I forgot to say he's owned in 0.8% of leagues. Yeah, that's that's nothing. That's absolutely nothing. Um, yeah. I'm sure all the people who own him are in salary cap leagues. Oh, for sure. Or they're friends of his. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess, maybe, maybe you might have enough friends uh, for that to, to be a thing. No, I'm, um, saying like, I'm saying like it's salary cap leagues and like five people who are friends of his. It seems like you would need a few more hundred people to get to like 0.8% of ESPN. There's a lot of yeah. people use ESPN. Fair, fair, like fair. millions. Um, there were two other people on your list who are not on mine. I'm going to call out specifically so that we can yeah. kind of like get through your list because I know most of it are is on mine and I run the show. <laughs> McConnell and Caruso. Those are the two names I did not write down because I did not know off the top of my head how much money they are. Yeah, TJ McConnell. Let me pull up his real quick because I just blanked on it. Because did Caruso yeah. sign like a kind of bigger deal? See, I thought he did too, but it's actually only eight point six million a year. Uh, TJ McConnell seven and a half million. Um, oh wow! So these okay, aren't, these aren't the cheapest of guys, but they're guys who are decently consistent around ten points a game. Um, McConnell's averaging eight point seven points, five point two assists, three point five rebounds, and a steal per game. Um, let me pull up Caruso for you real quick because. God, Caruso's numbers. Why didn't I look at him to replace him with Jalen Green, who is the underperformer of the year by far? I could have oh, easily yeah. swapped him out and saved some money. Jesus. Uh, Caruso, 8.5 points, 4.1 assists, 3.8 rebounds, 2.3 steals per game, but he's also coming on a little stronger of late. So you look at uh, his la- three of his last two games. He struggled actually against Orlando, which is okay. Um and for him, struggling is four points, five rebounds, three assists, four steals, which in our league translates to 18.5 fantasy points. But the game before that against Houston, he had 15 points, four rebounds, two assists, three steals. And then last night against Miami, 22 points, three rebounds, six assists, one steal. Um, and he's making 8.6 million owned in 32, or sorry, 36% of leagues. Yeah, they're, uh, they're more expensive, but still ruthlessly efficient for their cost guys who I just didn't consider because in my head they were 10 or more million a year. They just kind of seem like really solid role players on good teams that would pay upwards of 10, 11, 12 million for that. Yeah. And I think the wow. funny thing is, you know, you had just mentioned Caruso. I, in my mind, I remember him making like a deal that was like 13 million a year. Yeah. I, that's why I remembered him getting in the off season. And I looked at it uh, and it, it is seven and a half or excuse me. 8.6 for this season. McConnell's seven and a half. Um, so 
I, I was shocked, went and double checked it, and that's correct. So, Knox Russo, 8.6 million for right now. Wow. Uh, okay. So, everyone else on your list that you wrote down is on mine. So, we're going to transition over to mine because I have like way more people that I'm going to rattle through. All right. I'm going to do them in chunks based on percentage of ownership. And then you just tell me what names, uh, you want to talk about just only pick like two or three so i'm just going to give you okay. like, a, like a good chunk and then you you tell me who's interesting okay all right these are people who are owned in slightly more than 10 percent of all leagues in espn chris duarte talon horton tucker terrence mann monte morris jason tate darius Baisley, precious achua javel mcgee kobe white rehachimura and nick batum for me, it's Chris Duarte and Terrence Mann are the guys I want to talk about. Sure, um, go for it. Duarte, he got off to a really, really hot start um, and then kind of came back down to earth a little bit. But Chris Duarte is still averaging 13.3 points, 4.3 rebounds, 1.9 assists, and a steal per game. And he's only rostered in 17% of leagues. Um, tonight, or today, I guess, to this afternoon um, against the Milwaukee Bucks. He had 10 points, four rebounds, forces, three steals. He, you know, he kind of dipped down, went to a bit of a valley as far as performance goes on his way back up, it seems. Um, I like Chris Duarte, and I have him currently on my roster. Yeah, he was on my roster in my other league, and then he got hurt, and then he, like, he hasn't been doing too hot. Recently, there's been a couple of clunkers. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to say that like he's cooling down or the team isn't using him as often. But watching the Indiana Pacers is like staring into a black hole, or watching paint dry. They're just one of the most forgettable, boring, like middle of the road franchises that I hate because I'm a Knicks fan, and I just don't think about them because they're just so irrelevant. But he's really interesting. I really like him. But I, I want to say that whoever picked him up when he was like shooting the lights out probably kept him around, at least maybe benched him, put him on IR. I just, yeah, obviously he, you should pick him up just to see if he can get back into that that groove, that rhythm. But like, I think he was available in our league for a hot second, and I was like, oh. And then I looked at his numbers and I went, oh. Yeah, he's only making three point seven million. So for me, right now, he's basically in. Injury replacement for with John Rance out for me right now. Um, so, I'm sorry, John Morant and Dennis Schroeder is currently out as well. So Duarte is a guy who can you know put in there for for cheap and see how he does. See if he can get some points in there. Um, Terrence Mann's the other guy I want to talk about because I I don't know. Terrence Mann showed up big time in the playoffs last year once Kawhi went down. Yes, he kind he of he became one of the main guys in LA. You could argue he was the second guy uh, yep. to Paul George. One point seven million. He's still on his rookie deal. Um, he has been a roller coaster. He really has. Uh, he's had games where, I'm pulling up his uh, stats here right now. There we go. Why is that, why is technology hitting me today? Um, where, for instance, against Detroit. Uh, Friday night, 16 points, 10 rebounds, two assists, one steal. But 
three days before against Dallas, seven points, two rebounds, two assists, one steal. It, it's been very up and down uh, for the season. It's 9.8 points, 4.9 rebounds, 2.3 assists. This is, for me, if, if we're just looking at it as, you know, everything league-wide, it's pretty good for a guy who's making $1.6 million. But I feel like the expectations for him were higher based on what we saw last year and based off the fact that there was uh, usage of Kawhi Leonard that now had to be put other places on this team. And uh, it seems like the usage that he has gotten, he's not doing what we expected with. I think that's because most people didn't expect that Reggie Jackson and Eric Bledsoe would like kind of be like the straws that stirred the drink in L.A. Um, I know there were a lot of people during our draft who were thinking about taking Terrence Mann like in the middle because he was so cheap and like the upside and the, and the performance. I think he ended up going towards the end of our draft. And it was did. one of those like, oh, I wish I had taken him. And then you just kind of look and you were just like, well, I don't know how anybody could have ever predicted how this season would go for most players, honestly. And like he j- ended up just kind of being one of those guys who I think you you keep. But I think I picked him up in my other league for a hot second and then kind of just got rid of him because some other people were like turning into rock stars like Tyrese Maxey. Um, yeah, I don't know what to make of him. I really don't. But he, I, I guess he's just he's too cheap. And the upside is still just there on a constant, you know, like, like, like God, imagine if Paul George get hurt. Huh. Yeah, if he got hurt, I mean, you would think the usage for man would go up even higher, but is he able to convert that into actual production? I don't know. For the for the salary, I would be to be willing to take that risk. Yeah, that's one hundred percent fair. Yeah, um, I I thought you were going to mention more about Jason Tate and Darius Baisley because they're also guys who are only making like a million dollars. Who yeah, really Tate really did it last year. He was my next guy. Was Jason Tate? He was that third guy, but. But Duarte and Man jumped out to me first, so I went with those two. Um, and then yeah, but before we move on to the next block of like people who are like kind of like single digit owners uh, ownership, I have Precious Achua. I'm thinking about dropping him. Monte Morris looks kind of interesting. I'm gonna have to do some more research. Um, Kobe White was a guy who ended up being an injury stash in our league. I wish he kind of would have been dropped. I would have would have hunted for him. Um. Because you, you you really never know what's going on with Chicago, and they seem good. And no, Kobe White is yeah. like, you know, a spark plug off the bench. Um, all right, let me hit you with some more names, and then you 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 let me know who stands out in this group. I think this group is people who are officially in the single digit, you know, owned in in ESPN rosters, and they're dirt cheap. You ready? Ready. Devin Vassell, Daniel Gafford, Shake Milton, Corkmaz. Cody Martin, Kenyon Martin Jr., uh, Hamil Diallo. I don't know if I, I probably butchered that. The guy yeah, I think you really, you really ruined it, but continue. Uh, Gary Payton, uh, Chris Boucher, Paul Reed, George Niang, Kendrick Nunn, Isaiah Hartenstein, Hartenstein and Jeremiah Robinson Earl, the punchline that refuses to go away on our podcast. Who stood <laughs> really- out among that group? Uh, it's a guy I don't know a lot about, but he plays for the Clippers, and I keep looking at him, looking at the stats. And I'm gonna be honest, I see I've seen him play once, but Isaiah Hartenstein is yeah, baby, shockingly uh, 
good considering you know all things considered who is uh, he who is this mystery man i, I, I don't know where he came from Zubach. i don't know and i'm like boy should i just pick him up like this other dude who's way cheaper he, i don't know i don't know where he came from really i'm gonna have to wikipedia him in a second but he had games recently of 11.6 rebounds uh four assists one steal two blocks against memphis fall up the same night with only two fewer uh assists like, he actually had an extra steal and extra block in that game um, but then, like today against Golden State, six points, five rebounds, one assist, one steal, two blocks, which is not uh, doesn't sound great on the surface, but it's still sixteen and a half fantasy points in our league. Pretty good showing in most leagues. And he's is he making? I think one point six. Is that correct? Yeah. Am I am I yeah. wrong in saying that? No, so right. I, I I don't. I'm genuinely about to Google him right now because I don't know where he came from. He, he's a guy. Uh, yeah. I feel like you and I are pretty pretty aware of what goes on in the NBA. We're pretty we plugged guys in before the, before yeah, we're pretty plugged in. We we know about guys before they show up. I, I don't remember this name until like maybe two weeks ago. Um, he here we go. We're pulling him up because good God, selected by the Houston Rockets in the second round of the 2017 draft. The 43rd pick overall. Here. No, I'm, I'm I'm dead serious. Uh, so he was picked there. He played for the Rio Grande Valley Vipers, which is a G League team uh, affiliated with the Rockets for 2017-2018 season. Uh, played for the Rockets in 2018-2020. I have no memory of that. Neither played do I. For the, played for the Nuggets and the Cavaliers last season and then came to the Clippers this season. I, I don't remember this name ever being said around me at once. I don't remember reading this name. I don't remember this person existing until um, – until November of 2021. He is the nameless, faceless man from Game of Thrones who like <laughs> looks like people you're aware of and sounds like someone you might have heard of and he shows up on teams and, you, and it's just like just this weird memory fog. Yeah, I, I'm I'm paying Zubach on on LA like 7 plus million and he's doing great, but I'm just like what, what is going? Is it is it Frankenstein Frankenstein all over again? I, I blows my mind this dude. Um out of this chunk of guys who I named, I didn't even mention Emmanuel quickly, who I've constantly flirted with whenever someone is hurt on my team. I have Cody Martin on the uh, on the Hornets, who's like really showing out this year. He's a third year mm-hmm. guy. Um, that whole Hornets team is just full of people who are yeah. completely outdoing whatever expectations people didn't even put upon them. Um, he he was a solid pickup. Um, I think a lot of these guys are are interesting. I I think I had Niang and Paul Reed when uh Embiid was banged up or got COVID, and they were doing pretty well for me. Um, Gafford, I'm always going to pick up Gafford if he's available because he's dirt cheap and he's starting. Um, Devin Vassell and I think Lonnie Walker are two Spurs who constantly kind of get picked up and dropped a lot. Um, yeah, I I mean, anyone anyone else that you would like to discuss other than Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who <laughs> is the third best Thunder uh, I, I player. Just... I have to point out that Kenyon Martin Jr. It's 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 weird to me that that players I grew up watching, uh, their kids are now playing in the in the league. Uh, it's just it makes me feel old. Yeah, Gary Payton the second. Gary Payton the second as well. Uh, I mean, Gary Payton was playing before I was even born. I feel like Kenyon Martin was drafted when I was like eleven, maybe. I think he was late nineties, early two thousands, somewhere around there. Wasn't he was drafted? So it just makes me feel old when these guys. That we grew up watching, their kids are now playing in the league. Yeah, we're old. We are old. 
a lot of people who were like, you know, like their their players and just like, yeah, they were born in 2000, whatever. And you're just like, what? Excuse me? They were born when? Yeah. Yeah. They weren't around for 9-11? What? They never, Y2K is ancient history to them? They read all that in a textbook and we lived through it. Woof. World. Yeah, dude. Um, but yeah, out of, out of that list, like it, there was a lot of names there, so I'm I'm forgetting a few of them. But um, despite the fact nobody knew he existed until recently, I think to me at least, Isaiah Hartenstein is one of the uh, most intriguing players on that list you just mentioned. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I think him, Cork Maz, and, and Cody Martin are kind of like um, guys who should be picked up. I feel like Gafford and Vassal are probably dudes who are already owned. Probably Shake Milton as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Kenya Martin Jr. and a lot of the OKC dudes who were like one million dollar pickups um, when last year when the Rockets and the Thunder kind of just rolled out like no names and they put up like empty calorie stats that like haven't quite translated to this year. Um, maybe you want to pick up a Gary Payton instead, who's been who's been looking really good. Obviously, like Jordan Poole was like a super hyped up guy, but like a lot of these role players on teams like are actually like you know, doing quite well. They're quite needed on these teams. Denver has been decimated with injury. So like Monte Morris and, um, you know, you look at Orlando and it's like, Oh, Cole Anthony was the surprise. And now like RJ Hampson's got the keys. And you're just like, I mean, if you, if you can keep up and like know a lot of these, like no name dudes, like Hartenstein, Hartenstein, um, we're going to have to give you a nickname. Yeah. Then yeah, if you can keep up on a lot of these really cheaper dudes and like really you know like min max your 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 roster to like pick up the biggest names and then find these absolutely killer uh, contributing role players, uh, you, I mean that's that's a path to success, my friends. That's how you win. Not that I'll ever win because this year is toast for me. I'm donezo, so I'm just gonna put all my eggs in the podcast basket and, and focus on helping the listener because uh, my season is kaput and I'm. Probably already thinking about who I'm drafting next year in our league. You're eight. Wow. Out of out of nine, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh every single pick in the first several rounds has either blown up in my face or they just haven't been as good as advertised. Um, and that includes the two Nick stars who are just not doing super well, not doing super hot. Um my, I even added top- Anthony Davis and that didn't really help. Yeah, that that sucks. My top three picks uh, really were playing very. Actually, my top four picks because uh, no, Bridges was a fifth pick. My top three picks last year, um, going back to my first year in this format, Giannis, Jokic, and uh, Bradley Beal—three great guys, but a ton of money spent. Um, so this year, I went different: Lamelo Ball, John Morant, and Jason Tatum, and. I feel like I still have a really good big three while spending a lot less money. It's worked out for me so far. Everything, yeah, you're, everything you're still in it to win out, it. Everything that hasn't worked out for you so far has worked out for me. It's it's miraculous. But yeah, you're you're still in the driver's seat to win because you haven't nearly played as many games as the guy in first, uh, Professor John, podcast guest. Um. So yeah, towards the end of the season, it might look like you're behind, but like he's going to run out of games to play. And then you can just go yeah. on like a, a crazy flurry of like adding guys night in, night out just to kind of like, you know, close that gap. Um, so, yeah, st- I basically just stick to it. You know, it's a long season. My season's done already. It's November. 
um, still, but uh, eh, always next year. So next that's year. it. Is there anything else that you would like to discuss, sir? Uh, no, that's pretty much it for me. Uh, I'm just, uh, I keep wanting to make a huge move in our league, and I haven't done it yet. I keep wanting Don't. to pull the trigger. Don't. But I, I just, oh. Don't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feel the need to just not have to do stuff like that. Yeah. So here's the thing, too, is I picked up John Collins as a result of having him beat briefly and then him going on the IR. And then John Collins was just completely balled out since I got him. So uh, I keep thinking, oh, well, maybe John Collins is a temporary guy. I think I need to realize he's a permanent fixture on my team now until he gets hurt or something like that. Use your cap wisely. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, anything there else you from you? No, I mean, I can play with my food. I mean, I can make as many crazy moves as I want and, like, max out my game super early and just, like, you know, kind of quit. Um, but that's that's just because, like, I, I totally messed up my draft. Um, you know, I really I really thought those two Nick guys would, would live up to the height. RJ would take a step up, and they haven't. Um, I thought Michael Porter Jr. was going to be, like, you know, most improved kind of stuff. Jalen Green was like rookie of the year material. Both of those guys have not been. Um, I did add a ton of great dudes off the wire, which is kind of what this podcast episode was about. But I think when you draft those first rounds in any sport, you draft to not lose. You don't draft to win. You draft to not lose. You just need super rock solid contributions. You cannot pick injury prone guys and you cannot pick guys who might get dealt or might underperform. You have to pick dudes who you know are going to show up and ball out, um, which is why Mitchell and Fox and Beal and a lot of these bigger name guys did not go in those early rounds. The guys who went in the early rounds are Giannis and Jokic and Luka, and they're the real deal. And it turns out that you were right that that John Morant, uh, until that injury, was. Um, you got super lucky with Miles Bridges, and that I think that's ultimately what it comes down to is luck. Yeah, no, I, I, I hoped Miles Bridges would be a good role player on my team for a lower contract, but he's ended up being... No, a, he's a little player. engine who could. Yeah. All right, well, thank you for listening. I'm at, at Jared Russo. You can find uh, this lucky s- son of a gun, SOB, at Jared Ross King. Um, I don't know if the Hoopball Twitter account is still up because they changed their name because they're doing more than just basketball, but I still know them as, as Hoopball. But um, Aaron Bruski. Uh, Dan Bespris, Sports Ethos, um, blah, 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 all the other fun stuff that you got to do. Yeah, so thanks for listening, and uh, and we'll see you next week. See ya.